Praise God. Good evening to everybody watching wherever you are and to everybody under the sound of my voice today. I want to spend a few minutes talking to you um, and then we'll see how we begin to move from there. Are we ready? Let's start with Romans chapter 9 tonight and I will try my best to actually just give an installment of the word and then we'll begin to worship again. I want to thank everybody who has followed from day one. Day four was yesterday. You know that those are what we call cheat days um, because the man of God, Pastor Toby, was preaching. But we're on now we're on day five evening to everyone i see you greeting and i'm greeting you back i'll give you a bit of time while i allow people to sort out whatever needs to be sorted out as well and then we can easily flow into the word for today good evening i'll allow you to do what you need to do quickly You'll get there. Don't worry, it's almost there. The Holy Spirit is almost in you. There you go. Just a bit more filling. There you go. It's passing the Fuji 8 today now. There you go. Awesome. Romans chapter 9 tonight. Let's start from verse 1, if we will. I've got, a, I've got a distance to cover with you, but it's not a long distance. It's just a distance. Are you ready for the word tonight? It's just going to lead us back to the place of worship, as I feel we'll spend more time in the area of worship tonight, especially with the heavy hitters that we have in the building today. So I don't want to bring them down for no reason. Um, but let's start with Romans chapter 9, if we will. I speak the truth in Christ. Uh -huh. I am not lying. Yeah. My conscience confirms it mm. through the Holy Spirit. I love that. I would love to start from there today. My conscience does what? Confirms it through the Holy Ghost. So man doesn't just... So another thing that leads the child born of the Spirit is actually the, the Holy Ghost, but through his conscience. So look at the words that Paul started with in Romans chapter 9, verse 1. He said, I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. Hello, sir. So my conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit, yeah? I have great sorrow and un unceasing anguish in my heart. Uh-huh. For I could wish that I myself were cursed mm -hmm. and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people. Yeah those of my own race, uh -huh. the people of Israel. Mm. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. Uh -huh. Theirs the divine glory, That's the right. covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Mm. Theirs are the patriarchs, mm. and from them is traced mm. the human 
ancestry of the Messiah, mm. who is God over all, yeah. forever praised. Amen. Amen. It is not as though God's word had failed. Uh -huh. For not all who were descended from Israel are Israel. Nor because they are his descendants, are they all Abraham's children. Okay, so let's go back to that verse 6, because that's where we want to start tonight. So he says from verse 6 once again. It is not as though God's word had failed. Uh -huh. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. So if you remember P.T.'s words yesterday, not all who descend from God are in the realm of God. So he says here, it is not as though God's word had failed, but for all it is, but for not all who are descended from Israel, not who are not all who are made by God are of God. Remember, Israel are God's chosen nation. So he said, even though they look like they came out from God's chosen nation, not every single person by that is in that nation is God's chosen. So it says, for all, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, yes? Nor because they are his descendants, uh -huh. are they all Abraham's children. Now this is a bit confusing. Because if you're a descendant of somebody, that means you're a child of that person. But he says, he starts here by saying, no, because they are descendants, are they all Abraham's children? Remember that Ishmael was a descendant of Abraham. But remember that also that was not the child which God recognized. So the first thing I want to start with tonight is that there are actually sons in which God recognizes and there are sons in which God does not recognize. So what we have to then begin to investigate very quickly before we go back into the place of worship is the son whom God recognizes. Because P.T. began to talk about the son who superimposes himself. The truth of the matter is, what actually happens most times is that there is a son who comes first. It is actually the son of the flesh that comes first, but he has to come first so that the son of the spirit can superimpose himself on the son of the flesh. Otherwise, it will be the son of the flesh that actually superimposes himself on the son of the spirit. So tonight when we begin to speak and I begin to get into the word because I just want to warm up with you. As we begin to get into the word, I want to show you certain things that distinguish you from the person next to you. PT said something very vital yesterday. We have to begin to recognize that we are not like every other church. Because not all who are of Israel are Israel. So he says, no, because they are descendants, are they Abraham's children? On the contrary... It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. He says, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Why is it important to note that it is through Isaac? Because there are two sons. Abraham has two sons. The one is Ishmael, the son born of the flesh. And the next is Isaac, the son of the promise. So you have to first of all realize that everything birthed in your life will be actually estimated or measured by God, whether it is the son of promise or it is the son of the flesh. So there can be two people that do the same actions, but one of them would have sown the seed of promise and one of them would have sown the seed of the flesh. I need you to understand because some people will look at their life. And they will begin to ask questions like, I'm doing the same things that others done, have done, but not getting the same result. But God will begin to say, look, Cain, Cain re God rejected Cain. 
and he accepted Abel. So the message I want to preach to you tonight is actually about the accepted son. Because you need to first of all understand that God accepts and rejects and it's always the two brothers. But let me just calm down and then talk to you properly for a minute. Number one, every seed has two sides to it. Abel gave an offering and so did Cain. But you see Abel, God accepted Abel's person and Cain's person he rejected. But the mystery of this word tonight is actually why did God accept Abel and why did he reject Cain? Why did God love Jacob and why did he reject Esau? Because Esau had not done one action before he, God rejected him. Esau had not done one wrong before God rejected him. Cain, it almost seemed as if Cain was trying to be a righteous man when God rejected him. You know, one of the most important things in that scripture for me was that in the time when we understood that Cain was rejected by God was when he brought an offering. Before Cain had brought an offering, there was no sign of rejection. But then the Bible talks about the offering that Cain brought. And many preachers have put theories as to why Cain did this. Or as to why God rejected Cain. But let's see what scriptures said tonight. Because I want to talk to you about God's election process. It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, yes? In other words, mm. it is not the children by physical descent uh -huh. who are God's children. So the, the same thing. Look at this now. There can be two preachers, but two different perspectives on them by heaven. One can be the preacher of the flesh. The other can be the preacher of the spirit. There can be two worshippers, but two different perspectives on them by heaven. One can be the worshipper of the flesh, and one can be the worshipper of the spirit. You know what I want to say today? It almost seems as if heaven is unfair. Because it is not actually by deed that these selections take or elections take place. For example, nation family were not chosen to be nation family because we did anything right. There was just an election in the place of heaven that took place that called you to who you are today. But let's just look. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children. But it is the children of the promise uh -huh. who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. I need you to record that word because there is a child that God promised. I need you to hear me out tonight. Because what is the difference between the man or woman who is in God's will? You were promised. There is an earth that God looked at and he promised you to the earth. So that is what the difference is. But I'm going ahead of myself now. So he said there is, it is not actually the children of physical descent. So there is a child born of man's will. Two men, one, men and one, one man and one woman came together to birth a child. They said it is time for children. That is a child born of physical descent. But there is the child born of the promise. The one whom God had always ordained for the 
for, the, for a lifetime. The thing about Isaac, it, it was not in the plan of Abraham. It was in the plan of God. I need you to hear me out. Why would Isaac be different from Ishmael? Because Isaac was God's promise to Abraham. It was not, it was not Abraham's work to Sarah or with Sarah. It was not of Abraham's seed. Do you know why? Because Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So the seed, attached, the seed was no longer potent enough to bring forth a child. But what happened was God had to fulfill the promise that he originally promised when he, was, he had spoken to Abraham in the beginning. So what am I saying to you? The child that is spoken about by God is the child that God recognizes. So God actually understood when um, Rebecca was actually tussling. And maybe we'll go there tonight. Genesis chapter 5. I'm still coming back to Romans chapter 9. Maybe we'll go to Genesis chapter 25 very quickly so that I can take you to when Rebecca inquired of the Lord or Jacob inquired of the Lord regarding the son. No, Isaac inquired of the Lord regarding the sons. As far as God was going to be concerned, there was always going to be two brothers but one son. There was going to be one son. So there can be a generation of church, but there's another generation of church. And this, there will always be a distinguishing. It is not that there is not church, but there will be a system that God has rejected and a system that God accepts. Just want to start this way tonight. Go for it. This is the account uh -huh. of the family line of Abraham's son, uh -huh. Isaac. Yeah. Abraham became... Look at that. He said this is the family line of Abraham's who? Son. He didn't say sons. Because according to heaven, Abraham only has one son. Remember, the son that he has is the son that God promised. So there, are, there can be financial life, but if it's not the financial life that God promised, then heavens don't recognize it. I need you to hear me out tonight. Because there is a recognition of the son whom God brings. And there is a recognition of the son which work brings. God begins to distinguish the difference between promise and work. In fact, the, in fact the, the difference between promise and work is still recognized in Moses and in Jesus. There was a, there was a work of the law that brought man to God. But there was, a, there was a work of grace that brought sons into the spirit realm. So if you try to get into the spirit realm by work, what does that mean? If you try to pray yourself into the spirit, God will recognize that as work. He will not recognize that as spirit. The reason why we pray is because we have received the adoption to sonship. So this man is trying to maneuver his blessing. He's trying to maneuver the promises of God by working hard. It doesn't work that way because that is still the child of the flesh. And that is Ishmael, but he is still from Isaac's lineage. <laughs> so you can be in the church. And there can be no promise, and there can be a promise over your life. But when you heard the prophecy or the promise, you then went to go and work. But God says, No. Remember, PT said yesterday that um, Jacob was a homeboy. But let me not go ahead of myself. So he said, This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. There was only, in heaven perspective, Abraham only has one son. And that his name of the son is Isaac. But it's so interesting. Let me tell you why it's interesting. Because still, God still provided some provision for Ishmael. 
So there was still provision for Ishmael, even though God did not recognize him, or heaven did not recognize him as a son. So someone still, so there can still be the generation of church that said, oh, God has blessed me. There can still be that generation, because even though you are from the lineage, you're just not recognized as a son. So the son was for nations. The son would, the son would sow seed in the time of famine. But you see, as for Ishmael, he would still become a strong nation. But it is just that God has rejected that nation. Abraham became the father of Isaac. Go for it. And Isaac was 40 years old mm -hmm. when he married Rebekah, yeah. daughter of Bethuel the Aramean, yeah. from Padam Aram, uh -huh. and sister of Laban the Aramean. Yeah. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. So the issue that we're now beginning to discover is that when Rebecca was with child, two children, they, they were not children, they were two nations. Because the thing you have to separate is your, it, it's actually the life or the intention of parenthood against the intention of heaven over that life. So you now have to recognize that what God began to say to her is that there are two nations, not two children. Because if it was children, it would look like as if God was evil. But there are two nations in your room, so guess what they were? They were representations of something. There were two representations in your room. And guess what it says? The two nations are in your room. And what? Two peoples yeah. from within you will be separated. They are two kinds of people. But they're going to be separated. One will be what God loves. The other is going to be what God rejects. But they're two people. And they come from the same womb. So guess what would always be on the inside of men? Two. There will be two kinds of men in one man. Just like there were two kinds of men in Rebecca. I think that's the significance of twins. To let you know that there are two types of people that can come out of the same body. So he said two people, but they will be separated. Go on. One people will be stronger than the other. Yeah. And the older will serve the younger. Look at what God is saying here. One people will be stronger than the other. Before they've left the womb, there's already a contention. There's already a competition. God is the one that initiated competition between Jacob and Esau. It wasn't so. Somebody said to me, there cannot be a competition among brothers. As long as heaven was concerned, he was already telling one that they will be stronger than the other. So there's, there is something called God's, God is looking at man and seeing the kind of strength he has. So he said one will be stronger than the other and what? And the older will serve the younger. But my issue today is not really Jacob, it's Esau. What happened to Esau? Why is Esau, he's the older one because he came out first. Remember, they were twins. But he's older because he was delivered first. Why is Esau going to serve Jacob? And why has God already predetermined that this is going to be the case? And by the time I'm done with this and we get back into the place of worship, you would actually begin to see that there's nothing as being called young. In the, in the time of Abraham, when you're talking about Ish Ishmael came first, 
But Isaac came second, but Isaac was stronger. Ish, Ish, um, Ishmael came first, but he was going to serve his older brother, I mean younger brother. So by the time we see this, there's nothing called young. There's only called something called God's predetermined counsel. I need you to see by the end of tonight that God has elected you. And there's nothing you did for that election. It was just destined. 24. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. Okay. The first to come out was red. Look at this. You remember the teaching that P.T. Cooper said? So when God wanted to raise Adam from the dust, the dust was actually red. So he said the first to come out was red flesh. Let's start this now. The first to come out was red flesh and? His whole body was like a hairy garment. Uh -huh. So they named him and Esau. His whole body was like a hairy garment. This is not a normal boy. He's a, a hairy garment. His whole body. This guy had started puberty <laughs> at childhood. Said his whole body was like a name, a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. They named him according to how he came out. But then let's see what they said about the next one. After this, uh -huh. his brother came out. Yeah. With his hand grasping Esau's heel. I love this. This you see what happens. Even though the flesh comes first, the the spirit that comes second will actually cripple the walk of the flesh. I'm going to get there. We're going to scriptures. I'm going to show you from scriptures. So he said the first came out. But he said the second brother, the brother came out, Jacob, with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So the job of the spirit is actually to cripple the walk of the flesh. The flesh lost against the spirit. And the spirit lost uh, um, wars against the flesh. But he said so he, he, he was named what? Jacob. Why? No, they named him Jacob because of what he was grasping. He was grasping the heel of his brother. Oh, my days. He, so his he was named Jacob, and what happened? Isaac, Isaac was 60 years old yeah. when Rebekah gave birth to them. And Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. So the first point of emphasis tonight is that the Jacob came out gripping, grasping his brother's heel. Remember, the flesh comes first, but, the, but Jacob came second. The son of the promise came second. But what the son of the promise does is he neutralizes the flesh. So how do you know? You know there's certain questions that go on in your heart. Like, okay, how do I know what, whether I'm in the spirit or I'm in the flesh? You know what happens? You will know because the flesh will be neutralized. It will be neutralized. So... He says here, and then what's the next verse? Have we finished that? The boys grew up, uh -huh. and okay. Esau became a skillful hunter. Now, Esau is beginning to manifest what God has rejected. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. P.T. defined what that was to us yesterday. The man of the open country is the man who is out in the field. So then we can make a little gist out of this. But the issue about the field is, what you see in the field, you can't unsee. Do you get that? 
And let me put it in this way. There were certain experiences that you've had in life that you can't undo. It's stuck with you. In fact, in some ways, it shaped you. Because they are experiences that you can't undo. They're the experiences that men get when they are in the field. There are certain places that we've ventured into before. There are certain experiences that we've had, but we can't undo those experiences. Some people actually move according to what they've experienced in the field. So they say that men are like this. You know, there's a whole campaign on men are trash. That's a, that's a person of the open field. They can't unsee what they have seen. While Jacob was content to do what? To stay at home among the tent. You know what I've realized about this mystery? That Jacob was content to stay at home. He was content in his, in his, in his arena. Because I know when people say, hey, stay at home, they think, okay, well, I'm just going to be a, um, a, um, a home guy. A homeboy. That's what we call it. And it, is it does mean genuinely homeboy. But you know there is a space that you call home. There's an arena that God has given you that is your home. But you see, the, the man of the open field is a hunter. He goes hunting. He goes looking into arenas that are not his. Because remember, when you're in the field, you can stumble into beasts. And it is either you, 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 you are subdued by the beast or you subdue the beast. Because you're a hunter. You're looking for strange animals. You're looking for strange equipment. And when you're out in the field, you may, other, you may meet other hunters that are not from your place of covenant. Even at the time when you're hunting, you may even hunt the wrong thing. So I, wasn't actu I actually thought about what P.T. said yesterday when he said that it, it, when, when Esau was hunting, he may have sidetracked and met Angela. Because you know the Bible described Esau as a fornicator. But the truth of the matter is whenever you're hunting, you, it, it will be a sidetrack. So somebody says, I'm just hunting for my seed. But you don't understand that your seed should have came to you at home. So they, when you start hearing people say, well, I'm just working for my seed, you know they've gone into the field. Because seed was never meant to be a stressful thing. Seed was meant to be for the son who knows how to neutralize the grip of the man in the field. So you see the life of Esau that Jacob never let go of his heel. Because every time... Esau was skillful, but Jacob was well positioned. I love, I love Jacob. I've got a long way to go, so let's do Hebrews chapter 12. We're still coming. Actually, no, we still got to do this, actually. 27, go for it. The boys grew up, uh -huh. and Esau became a skillful hunter, yeah. a man of the open country. So he became a skillful hunter. Remember, I've said it now. When you find yourself hunting for certain things, doesn't mean that you will not... Um, labor to enter into God's rest. It doesn't mean that there will not be no maneuvering for seed. But what I'm saying to you is that even if you're maneuvering for seed, it is from the position of rest at home. There are people that you see their toil and their sweat. They're hunting. And you realize that this hunt is not from the promise. Do you know that most one of the things I understood about especially supernatural finances, is that it responds to obedience. I'm still coming there. The, op the open country while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. So quickly, let's go to Songs of Solomon, chapter 1.
I love this because you would have thought as if, or it would have looked as if so, um, jo Jacob was just, he was just a singled out man. But he's not. When God wanted the men to retrace their steps, what they would have to do is that they would have to actually go and look for the tents. Because so, where God's men dwell are in tents. Abraham, God set a standard for Abraham. The Bible says that when Abraham journeyed with God, he actually traveled from tent to tent. So when men are about to retrace their steps, the, guess what they are? They're mobile. They don't actually have many things that they cling to. So Jacob was going to have to dwell amongst the tent or stay at home among the tents because he's going to be a man that has to travel light. He's going to be a man that cannot set up shop. When Esau was hunting, he was hunting for his future. He was hunting so that he can gain the blessing. But the blessing is not gained. The, the blessing actually comes by when he locates you in your rightful place. So there, for some, the rightful place may be in the Medicare world. But that cannot be for Pisam. Or that may not be for another man. The, the blessing actually locates you where you stay. So now, he says, and for some, it might be in a certain family. It might be in the power-based family. It might be in the connect family. It might be, let me just use the nation family as a whole. And as you're located and situated there, amongst God's mission, amongst God's tent. I remember when, we, when I first came into the nation family, it used to be Spark Ministries, the tent of God's meeting. Because it, it is a tent. That is where God dwells. And as long as God finds you where he is dwelling per time, then guess what happens? The blessing locates you there. So let's, let's, let's look at Songs of Solomon chapter 1. Tell me you whom I love. He said, tell me you whom I love. Because remember my first question was, why did God love Jacob? Why did God love him and why did he reject Esau? But it's still a love matter. So he says, tell me you whom I love. Yeah. Where you graze your flock uh -huh. and where you rest your sheep at midday. Uh -huh. Why should I be like a veiled woman uh -huh. beside the flocks of your friends? Uh, yeah. If you do not know, most beautiful of women, yeah. follow the tracks of the sheep yeah. and graze your young goats mm -hmm. by the tents of the shepherds. So we realize that this tent matter is bigger than Jacob. He said, tell me you whom I love. Where do you graze or where do you rest at midday? So when you want to find God, you actually have to find, you find him by dwelling among the tents of the shepherds. What was Abraham's, what was Abraham's profession? He was a shepherd. So there are tents that men dwell in that God locates. So when it looks like it can be little, that the, the nation family can just be in certain places sharing the word, sharing the word, sharing the word. But wherever you share the word becomes a tent. Isaac was a seed man. So when Jacob dwelled in his house, he was dwelling amongst the tents because there was men of promise. So whatever the man of promise and where the man of promise dwells is wherever is where the twent, tent is. So tonight, what we're going to actually recognize is that this there was no mystery why God actually chose Jacob. Because Jacob was willing to exist in tents. Jacob did not care how long it took God to bless him. But he was poised and well positioned for the opportunity. 
So I know that hunters go out and they say that there is a better future for me outside. So they're going to look for that future. Sometimes they go to go and find things or engage in things and it doesn't mean don't be proactive. Actually, when you're at home, you're actually more proactive than the man that went to hunt. Because the, the home man, have you ever wondered that the men that stay at home, how come they have more results than the men that go and are active and busy outside? Because the holy, okay, no, not yet. Genesis, back to Genesis chapter 25. Let's finish that. So, we, so let me just quickly do this. So it says, your young goats by the tents of the shepherd. I don't want to go more into this because this will take me off track. But let's finish 20, Genesis 25 if we haven't finished it. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, uh -huh. loved Esau. Yeah. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Look at this. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game. The father was the one that carried the blessing. He's the one whom God had blessed. Remember, Isaac is the child of the promise. But Isaac loved Esau. He, he, he had a taste for wild game. He had a taste for hunters. He had a taste for food from the open field. But you see that food from the open field, it cannot be Esau if he's going to be the son of the blessing that goes to get it. The food from the open field would have to come and meet him at home. But Esau did not have capacity to stay at home. But, ja but Rebecca loved Jacob. And PT has taught many times that this love, this Rebecca actually symbolizes the Holy Ghost. Because she was the one, the mother, who taught the son how to contract the blessing. So, guess what? The children were bo born totally different. He Esau was born hairy. He was born manly. But Isaac, I mean Jacob was born like a child. Tender, soft, stays at home, mommy's boy. Mm. Mother's boy. But then guess what happened? 29. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, uh -huh. Esau came in from the open country. Esau is always coming in from the open country. But Jacob was home cooking. Do you understand that? He was home cooking. Sometimes when you're in the word, when you're in scriptures, when you're downloading in prayer, what you're doing is you're home cooking. You're home cooking something. Because remember, the man of the open field will be, but will be subdued by the man who has food. Esau, you're coming in from the open field, but you don't have ability to... You're coming in from the open field, but you don't have ability to cook. So every time Esau is coming in from the open field, even if he's coming in with game, Jacob is going to cook it. So once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from where? The open country What famished. was he? Famished. He had been working hard. So it doesn't surprise me sometimes when you see men who have businesses, but they have to come to the, the man of God to invest in that business. Do you know why? Because they're in the open field, but then the man of God is at home cooking. And remember, the, the truth of the matter is what is more profitable to man is the, it is, it is the meal that men serve. Not the gain that he hunts. Because gain is raw. Yes, you're a raw man. You're, you're, you're non-refined around the edges. But you see, the served meal, it is what man is really looking for. I cannot serve meat alone. It needs to be cooked. So there are raw words that you have. But, and, and it's coming straight from the throne of heaven. But there is a man in, in God's realm 
that actually knows how to interpret heaven's word and, bring, and serve it to man, court. So that's what God is looking for today. He's not looking for the man of open field who just knows how to hunt heaven's word. That's not enough. He also needs the man of the, he needs the man who is at home that knows how to cook heaven's meal. That man that knows how to cook heaven's meal is the one that knows how to serve to earth the meal that heaven had prepared. So now look at this. He says, Esau came in from the open country famished. And then what? He said to Jacob, uh -huh. quick, let me have some of that red stew. Mm -hmm. I'm famished. Okay. That no, let's see this. He asked him, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. We're about to see what happened to Esau. Because I'm, I'm still asking the question, God, did you pick, just, did you just randomly select Jacob? Or is there a reason why you selected Jacob? He said, but, he said, quick, let me have some of that red steel. I'm famished. His condition was an issue, and that is why he then was able to ask Jacob for the food. He was, but guess what Jacob is about to do? Go on. Jacob replied, uh -huh. first, sell me your birthright. My God. He said, first, remember when Esau was born, I mean, when Jacob was born, he came out second. It's as if Jacob knew he came out second. Because the man, the way this guy moves, he says, Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright, then... He said, then what happens? Look, I am about to die, Esau said. So he look at this. He says, sell me your birthright. But in the beginning, Jacob came out gripping Esau's heel. So he was crippling Esau's walk. Everything that belonged to Esau, Jacob is going to take. So guess what? It is not that you will not interact with the flesh. But guess what it's supposed to be? You're supposed to superimpose the, the, the spirit on the flesh. So whatever the flesh has, it belongs to the spirit. It is a superimposition. But guess so look at the life of Jacob and Esau. Esau is going to be a man, a skillful man. We have not seen the skill of Jacob yet, but we've seen his supplanting. But now, in the eyes of man, supplanting is wrong because you're supposed to go out and work. You're supposed to work for what you earn, but not Jacob. Jacob is going to be at home, but earn everything. The flesh is going to go out and work, but when he meets the man of the spirit, he's going to submit everything he has gone to work for to the man of the spirit. So for me, the second question would be, what are you going to be? Because remember, it is, it, whatever you decide to be, there will still be a submission day for you. And it is either that you will be submitted to, or you will be do doing the submitting. Look at what Esau replies. Uh -huh. I'm about to die, Esau said. Uh -huh. What good is the birthright to me? Yeah. But Jacob said, uh -huh. swear to me first. Uh -huh. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. This was the point of Esau's fornication. What was the matter of fornication? Food. Esau felt he was about to die. Do you know what that was? Urge. The truth of the matter is, the man of the flesh responds to urge. 
in response to his urges, when the urge to be emotional comes on the man of the flesh, he's got to respond. He's got to do what that urge is. So now Esau has an urge where he is hungry. And all of a sudden, Jacob has what he has, what he, what he needs. So he responds by saying, look, I am about to die. No, you're not about to die, Esau. But the flesh has told you that you're about to die. Esau, really, you can't go one day without food. You can't fast. So, and it's not even about fasting. But it is about the fact that God always sets up moments and times where the flesh will have to encounter the spirit. So let me say it this way. It will, it will have to be a time where the first will encounter the second. So guess what happened? He says, swear to me first. So we, he swore an oath to him, selling him his birthright to Jacob. Then what happened? Then Jacob gave Esau some bread uh -huh. and some lentil stew. Yeah. He ate and drank and then got up and left. He ate and drank. And then he got up. And he left. And you see, the worst thing about that thing is, you know when an urge comes to you and you obey that urge, it is just as if nothing has happened. It is almost as if you are fine. You see, when that temper tantrum comes on you and you obey it, that urge, and you say, oh, I just needed to release myself. And you surely did release. But it looked like nothing happened. But a lot was traded. A lot was traded in that time. So I understand every time you have urges, it is a trading moment. It's an exchange moment. The urge of fornication comes on a man and he dips in, dips out. But that is a urge that he just obeyed. And guess what happens? There's a delay. It is not a delay that you can see. It is just that where you are supposed to be positioned, you won't be. So guess what? In the time of blessing, Esau was out in the field. But there would have been something that would have indicated to him that he should have been at home. But because God had loved Jacob, Esau was never going to be at home. You know why? Because he was going to respond to urge. So God says to us that Esau is a man of urge. That's why he rejected him. Esau responded to urges. While Jacob responded to promptings. How do I know this? Let's read on. So Esau despised his birthright. Uh -huh. You see, there was a despising. He despised that he came first. He despised that he, that he was the first son of Isaac, the child of promise. So he just sold the birthright as if the blessing meant nothing. Go for it. Now, uh. there was a famine in the land. Okay. Besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. Okay. And Isaac went to Abimelech, mm -hmm. king of the Philistines yeah. in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, uh -huh. do not go down to Egypt. Okay, let's go back to Romans chapter 9. In other words, mm. it is not the children by physical descent yeah. who are God's children, mm -hmm. but it is the children of the promise uh -huh. who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. Yeah. For this was how the promise was stated. Uh -huh. At the appointed time, yeah. I will return yeah. 
and Sarah will have a son. Look at this. So why was Isaac the promised child? Who he came through. He said, this is how the promise was stated. God spelled out the promise to Abraham. Anything outside of that was illegitimate. What has God spelled out to you that you would quickly ignore? That you're going to quickly put to the side? So because you want a certain way that you, your life should look. He said, this is how the promise was stated. So there's a way that the promise will be stated. What has God promised the nation family? What, has God, what is the design of the nation family according to the promise of God? If it is anything outside of that, it is illegitimate. So he said, at the appointed time, I will return. And Sarah, because if it was at a woman, then it would be, it would be qualified. Abraham can give birth. If he said, and Abraham will have a son, then it would be, but this, the promise was with Abraham, but through Sarah. Who is Sarah? The Holy Ghost. So guess what we try to do sometimes? Because there are two birthing mechanisms. One is the, the birthing portal of the flesh. The other is the birthing portal of the spirit. They both give birth. They both produce. But God will only recognize one production system. It is going to be the productive system of the Holy Ghost. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and without shape. And the spirit of the Lord God was hovering over the, the waters. And he said, and God said, let there be light. So guess what that was? The production me mechanism, the creative power that God recognizes. There is a creative power in the flesh also. You can be brilliant. You can be smart. There is also a creative power by the, by the flesh. You can also create by the flesh. You can also have a career by the flesh. But God does not recognize that child. He doesn't recognize the child of the flesh. He only recognizes, the, he only recognizes Sarah. So what happened when Abraham went down to Egypt because of circumstances? And it will always be circumstances that take you to the realm of the flesh. It will always be situations that take you to the realm of the flesh. At the time when Abraham went down to Egypt, there was a famine in the land of promise. There was a famine. And guess what he did? He went down to Egypt. But when he came out of Egypt, guess what he came out with? Hagar. He came out with that which, when it grows, he would have intimacy with. See, because Sarah is the child, is the, is the promise. But then Hagar is the flesh. So guess what happens to people in life? When the circumstances and situations put them under certain kinds of pressure, they go looking for Hagar. They go looking for Egypt. And so one of the things that I realized, and I wrote it down today after re-listening to the word yesterday, is what did you come out of your previous culture with? That every time you have pressure, you make intimacy with it. Because remember, the, the presence of the spirit does not mean the absence of the flesh. Even though Sarah was still in the house, Hagar was there also. Mm. There was a spirit and the flesh existed together in the same man. But this, the truth of the matter is, one is always superimposing the other. 
So there must, be a, there must have been a time where Abra Abraham was more interested in Hagar than in Sarah. Because Hagar looked more appealing. She looked more interesting. She was more appealing for the eyes because Sarah was getting old. Prayer was getting old. Word was getting old. But they looked like there was a business deal that was more appealing at the time. And are we against business deals? No. We're not against one as long as it's Sarah. As long as you know that Sarah bought it. And because guess what? Both the flesh and the spirit will still have relationship with the same man. So it is not the absence of the flesh when the spirit is around. That is something that men continue to miss. They continue to think, if I am spiritual, the flesh will die. No. Every time you are spiritual, the flesh is just looking for a way back into your life. It is just looking for a way back to the position that it occupied. And many times in the testing moments of your life, then that flesh comes back to whisper and tell you that, well, isn't it time for a bit more of Hagar? Isn't it so funny that when Hagar was in the picture, it, it was even Sarah that introduced Hagar. Uh, whoa. It's Sarah that introduced Hagar. Do you know what that means? Birth. You had to come because the Spirit always wanted to use you. So you had to come. But the Spirit had to send a rescue operation. So Sarah would introduce Hagar to Abraham. So the Spirit, because it's destined to use the body, he has to allow you to come through parents. He has to allow your parents to mix and have you. But then the flesh will come first. So the spirit knows what price it's paying when it says that he has to give birth to you. Because it is almost as if the flesh is going to take over your life for a while. But then Sarah will come back and realize, no, the promise is with me. So he said, for this is how the promise was stated. Go on. At the appointed time, uh -huh. I will return, and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah will have a son. So why did I say all of that? It has to be Sarah. So where are we, where are we parking our tent tonight? Yes, there are sons, but not every son is legitimate. Yes, there are producers or productions that you can produce. You can look like the man of the blessing. But the man of the blessing might actually be Ishmael. You see, that Ishmael still went on to start the Arab nation. And the Arab nation still looked like they have a blessing. But it is not Sarah's child. Because the son of the child, the son of the free woman, will superimpose himself on the son of the bond woman. So guess what you need to understand about every man that looks blessed, but it is not by Sarah. Guess what happens? That child that is by Sarah will take everything that the son born by Hagar has. The son born by Hagar is still coming to submit to the son born by Sarah. Go on, verse 10. Not only that, uh -huh. but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Look at this. There's a lineage that God is starting now. 
He's saying that not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father, Isaac. So there was this battle over where Isaac was coming from. And then all of a sudden, Rebecca also has the same issue. There are two children, but one son will be recognized. Because it is through that son that everything that the, everything that the man of the flesh has will be taken. So guess what? I don't care what the blessing looks like. You know, many times today, we can idolize the billionaires of the world. But as long as they're not the son born by Sarah, then everything they have is destined for the child that came through Sarah. You know when I'm talking about Sarah, I'm actually talking about the Holy Ghost. The child of the Holy Ghost. The one that produced by the Holy Ghost. The one that knows the beginning, the genesis of how the world was created. It is him, the one that has relationship with him. So guess what happens? Esau looked like he was gaining ground on Jacob. It looked like he was going first. It looked like he knew how to do things better. He was far more skillful, or it looked like he was far more skillful than Jacob. But Jacob was just at home cooking. He was a homeboy. He was just in the house doing what he knew how to do. And it looked like that was going nowhere because Jacob was not exposed. You know they say that you've got to be exposed in this world. But Jacob was not exposed to the things that Esau was exposed to. Jacob had not met the billionaires and the, and the millionaires of the world. He had not been in certain business meetings that, that, that Esau had been in. He had not made certain business relationships that Esau had made. He was just at home. And it looked like because of that, Jacob was going to become lost. But Esau, I have hated, and Jacob, I have loved. There is something stronger than the relationship that you create. It is called the love of God. And that's what I'm trying to get through to you tonight to say, I don't care how long or how devastating it looks, what God is doing in your life, no man can cook that meal. Do you get what I'm saying to you? So now when we begin to talk about the word, I'm actually telling you that it is the word that cooks us. So I would rather stay cooked than just being a raw meat. This guy has gone to a business meeting, but he's still raw meat. He is not the cooked meal that God wanted to serve to the nations. This guy has gone to the nations, but he's still raw meat. He doesn't look like God, what God wanted to serve. So when they eat him, when the nations eat of him, they spit him back out. They spit him out. This is not what we ordered. And unless you're the cooked meal that, God, that the world has ordered, even the earth will spit you out. Do you remember what God said? You are the light of the world, but you are also the salt of the earth. So there is something that God is mixing with you. There's a meal that God is preparing with you. That if you are not the way you need to be, if you are not cooked enough, and sometimes when you're, you're being cooked, you're going to have to stay at home that little bit longer. But you're going to see your friends around you. They're going to have a bit more. They can look like they're going ahead, but they're still raw meats. You know that friend that has to show you how well they're doing in life? That friend that you still decided to keep outside of the nation and, they, and they're the ones that keep your emotions fluctuating sometimes. Because they just send you the picture of the new car that they bought. Or they sent you the picture of the new house that they moved into. But you're still at home with your parents or in the nation family houses sleeping on the couch and you're thinking when when me lord <laughs> say when me not why me when me say when me lord i'm going to say no i'm still cooking you i'm still cooking you because all that they have is all they will get because that's all they can that's all they're good for but i want to know what kind of meal you want to be and who you want to be served to 
You know there are meals and there are meals. You understand? I see sometimes when you're at the bottom of the bottom, Molly's will be your meal. Nothing against Molly's. Molly's will be your meal. But you might decorate the Molly's well. You might even put it in a fine plate. But it's still Molly's. And it still only cost you £2.99. But you see, there are some, there are some meals that by the, before you even eat it, the experience you will have, they will first of all bring you long napkin. They will lay it on your lap because they know that the meal might get a bit saucy. So, and then they also bring you hot towel because you're going to have to wash your hands first. Then they're also going to tell you that what would you like to drink? They first of all bring you one water and it's different from all waters because it's in a, it's in a clear glass crystal bottle. What they're doing is they're preparing you for a meal that is different from all meals. At Molly's, you're just going to get it over the counter. In fact, they're going to give you one plastic box that if they put too much burger sauce in it, it's going to break. Do you get what I'm saying to you? But then there is a, but there is a preparation for a certain meal. So when you're, in, you're, when you're in your preparation stages, guess what God is doing? He's making you fine because you represent something. You're about, he's about to cook a meal that he can serve to the nations. Not just serve to the local communities alone. But some, a, a meal that can serve, that can take over nations. I wonder how they serve royalty. So if God takes you inside to the place of palaces, you will know that there will be a coordination to how to serve the queen. You can't just drop food anyhow. They've got to be coordinated. So the meal that God is cooking is not for the streets alone. He took men for the streets so that he can place them amongst the princes. Not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac, yeah? Yet, yeah. before the twins were born uh -huh. or had done anything, good or bad. This is a bit biased. Someone says God is not um, partial. I, I hope I got that English word. God is not partial. Because I'm always confused between impartial and partial. Which one is he? Impartial or impartial? Partial. Okay, so he's partial, but he's not, he's not totally impartial, right? God is equal. He's a God of equality. Yet, before the twins were born, before they were born, or had done anything, good or bad. So no matter what Jacob does, I need you to understand this. And this is not a license, but it's a license. No matter what Jacob does, no matter what Jacob would have turned out to be, God has already made up his mind. Go on. In order that God's purpose in election might stand. So you sitting down hearing the word today, you being brought into the nation family, there's a purpose to it. I'm not just a decoration, I'm not a furniture. There's a purpose to why God selected me. So he said, in order that God's purpose and election might stand, what happened? Not by works, uh -huh. but by him who called. Did you see that? Because what was Esau? He was a hunter. If it was by works... Esau was entitled and qualified for the blessing. But guess what? It is, not the, it is not your work that qualifies you for the blessing. You know when you pray, you pray and you pray and you pray for the blessing. And then you wake up the other day and the guy that was just sleeping at home, all of a sudden God has blessed him. 
And then even in your heart, you just said some mad word. Can't say it online. Say, but I've been praying. I've been praying. But you were praying in the area of work. You thought, let me work to try and be blessed. So I was telling someone the other day that we actually pray because we're just communicating with God. We're just actually keeping ourselves in the purpose of election. We're not asking God to do anything for our lives. Because God has already done it before you did anything good or bad or before you were even born. So there was already a chosen election. You were already elected. There was already a campaign run on your behalf. God had already run a campaign, a presidential campaign, a statewide campaign on your behalf in the heavens. There was a Bukhari, a trendy Bukhari that God ran a campaign for and he already elected her for something. In order that his purpose in election might stand. Not by, by works, but by him who calls, yeah? She was told, uh-huh. the older will serve the younger. So he said, by him who calls. I need you to hear me out. It is by him who calls. So if you, whatever you're going to be, whatever you're going to do for God, it is him that already orchestrated it. If you're going to be a financier for the nation, You cannot maneuver that. You're actually going to have to develop the son of the promise. Do you know there can be some people with finances, right? And you know that's not for him. He he should have, some of them you would realize that, okay, this is more of a word man. It's not his realm. His realm is is word. It doesn't mean that he will be void of finances. But how his finances will come is through this form. Do you get it? So there there are some people who will go out to the mountains. But there will, be, there will be people that will be preached their way into finances. There will be some people that will be preached into the Medicare world. There will be some people that will be preached into the entertainment world. They will, be, they will give birth in that world, but it will still be through a certain vehicle. So this man will not raise finances through his technical brilliance. No, or his, his business acumen. It won't be that for him. It will be a preaching vehicle for him because that's his home. That's where he resides. So then sometimes, because of flesh and the, look, because of the desire of mission, you know when mission comes over you and you need to raise certain things, then you will then go out there and you will say that, okay, let me go and do this for the sake of the mission. But you understand that even if you go and do it for the sake of the mission, if it is outside of Sarah, it's still flesh. It is still what God rejected. So a man of the spirit can be more than Esau. Jacob was blessed. Jacob did not need Esau's blessing. He did not need it. Because there was a specific day that God had organized for Jacob. In fact, there was a time when Jacob, when God spoke to Jacob and said, look, I want to give you the nation. Jacob said, look, sometimes what distracts the man of the spirit is what the men of the flesh are doing. Be real with yourself. Sometimes it looks like you're taking the wrong right, right? Because you were born second. So you, the only way you can superimpose, the only way God can actually fulfill his promise 
is actually to send the flesh first because the flesh has to go and gather to bring it to the one who is at home. Until the flesh has gathered, until the billionaires are trillionaires, then they can't actually come and bring me what God has ordained for me. So until then, guess what I'm doing? I'm at home, I'm preaching. So I'm not then looking and saying, okay, well, people are becoming billionaires. How do I also become my own billionaire? No, they're calling billionaires so that I will become the billionaire. I don't know if you know if you understand what I'm saying. So they're going ahead, but they're only going ahead so that they can come and meet me. Because the truth of the matter is, when the hand of the Lord came on Elijah, he outran the chariots. So it only takes one day of the Holy Ghost to actually bring me to where men have been. Men will journey there because they're men of the field. But I will travel there. Meaning I will travel to where men have journeyed. They will go up and down. They will be in the open field. They will, they will encounter things along the way. It doesn't mean that I won't encounter things, but I will encounter things at home. I will encounter things to keep my home alive. But there will be men who would have journeyed in the open field. They would have faced betrayal. It doesn't mean I want to face betrayal, but I will still have something called home. I, if I'm going to be betrayed, it will be I'll be betrayed in my own house. But then for them, they will go out there in the open field and they will be attacked by the lion. Their lion will bite them on the back. They will have scars that they should have never had in the first place. There will be scars on them that you cannot get at home. Do you understand that? There are certain things that you cannot get at home that you can get in the open field. There are certain diseases that you find in the open field that you can't find at home. There are certain strange animals or strange, strange beings that you see in the open field that you can't see at home. And those, the thing about those strange beings is that once you've seen them, you can't unsee them. Once they speak to you, no matter how powerful you are, you can't undo what they've said. It's already a seed. So I'm looking now and I'm realizing more and more that what happens is they journey into the open field. But when it's time, when it is time, I will travel by the Spirit to where they took time to journey. So your journey was never meant to take long. Your journey was never meant to take years. Said, I'm just building my business. No, I'm building my home. I'm just at home cooking. I'm cooking. So guess what happens? When God sees you cooking, he begins to add more ingredients to the meal. What is a Terry clerk? He's an ingredient. I add more to the meal, but I'm still cooking. I'm still cooking the word. I'm still cooking it. And then guess what happens? As I'm cooking, the, the meal is being prepared. So guess what? Then he adds a Pastor Shemaiah to the meal. And I'm cooking more. I'm cooking more. And I'm just at home. But one day Esau will come and he's hungry. He's hungry. And guess what? It, it was his birthright because his name, last name was Gates. To have all that money he had. But he's going to sell it. Because he'll be hungry. By works, but by him who calls. She was told, no. the older will serve the younger. Yeah. Just as it is written, mm -hmm. Jacob I loved, yeah. but Esau I hated. Mm -hmm. What then shall we say? Mm -hmm. Is God unjust? Mm -hmm. Not at all. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Um, yeah. But he says not at all. So I'll stick with the scriptures. Not at all. Uh -huh. For he says to Moses, uh -huh. I will have mercy. Look at the prayer points tonight. Look, he come, Paul came to contradict himself here. He said, is God unjust? He said, not at all. For he says to Moses, I will do what? 
I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. Yeah. Isn't that unfair? Basically, he's saying, whoever I choose, I will have mercy on. That's the scariest statement I've ever heard. But how do you know he's had mercy on you? You're here. You're in the nation family. That's how you know he's had mercy on you. There are many people that were here. They're no longer here. No mercy. He said, I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Let me tell you. Let me, I've noticed something. No, you can try to keep people you like. If the mercy of God is not on them, you will just be sweating for no reason. He said, oh, we just want to keep souls. No. I just need to locate the man of mercy. Because the man of mercy is the one who God has chosen. So what am I looking for most times? God's mercy. So when we begin to pray tonight, I'm going to take you to a scripture that says, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of God. So why will you become, oh my God, why will Trendy become the, 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 the commerce queen because of mercy? of mercy. So they're not perfect characters. They don't look like Christians. They're just mercy characters. 16. It does not therefore uh -huh. depend on human desire or effort uh -huh. but on God's mercy. The, it said it does not depend on what? Human desire. But we're full of that. We're full of human desire. If Look, let's be real. If we look inside right now there's a lot of human desire. This is my desire. But the person is thinking, this is my desire. To honor you. No, this is my desire. To buy that house. Lord, we've all I I worship you and the Bentley too. <laughs> human desire. Does that make human desire wrong? No, it just said that it does not depend. It's not depending on what you have as a desire. Because you cannot have more desire than God. So inside of, the, inside of God's mercy is his own desire. So when you're praying for God's mercy, you're not just praying for God to forgive you. That's the prayer on forgiveness. 
you're actually praying for the, the enveloping of his desire to superimpose itself on your own desires. So guess what? All of a sudden, when I was saying to Pastor Lloyd today, when you came in, you wanted to be a model. But then by the time you started doing God's work, then all that started happening to you is that you now find yourself in media. Because what God had desired, that sounds funny, right? She used to be skinny, now she's getting a bit bigger. She's freed herself from the bondage of modeling. Those people are skinny, man. <laughs> and she did. She, she even has some pictures, but she would never allow me to show them. <laughs> Isn't it? Did you not used to have them pictures? No, and she cut out. I'm public, live. But let me just stick to the serious part of this, which is the fact that but all of a sudden, God's desire is superimposing. It is not that he took it away from her. She gave it up. The more you yield to what God is doing, it shows, the, it shows more that there is mercy. So you will know the man of mercy because all he is concerned about is what God desires. So in my finance, how do I know that I receive mercy? I care about what God desires. I care about what God wants. So then, all of a sudden, the man of mercy, it is not just desire, also his effort is exchanged for God's effort. No longer does he, you know there are some people that they know how to work, man. Ghanaians, those guys, they know how to work. But not tonight. So, but he says, the work will cease and God's effort will pick up. I know you're going to read it in the Amplifier for us. Uh -huh. So then, God's uh -huh. gift is not a question of human will uh -huh. or human effort, yeah. but of God's mercy. But of God's mercy. It depends not on one's own willingness, uh -huh. nor on his strenuous exertion. Imagine a place where your will doesn't matter. A place where your own will dies. Not because it is dead but because God is now superimposing himself on you. He said not on his own, one's own willingness, nor on his strenuous exertion, as in running a race. But on what? God's having mercy on him. So what happened to Jacob? God had mercy on him. It's as simple as that. They, 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 when they want to preach, he said, God, Jacob wrestled with God. And won. Yeah, he did. But he can only wrestle because of mercy. There are certain wrestles that you're doing in the flesh. But there are certain wrestles that come to you because of mercy. So he said, oh, and he overcame the angel. Let me tell you, mercy was working. So when we talk tonight and we look at the scriptures, what will cause us to superimpose God's mercy? Goal 17, let's see. For scripture says to Pharaoh, uh -huh. I raised you up. Oh I raised you up for this very purpose. This is where we this is where it gets interesting. God raised Pharaoh. Look, if God can raise Pharaoh, there's no way there are kings existing in the world today that God has not raised for a very purpose. 
There are no way that there are certain people that are sitting on certain mountains that God did not raise. I don't care how they're behaving today or whether I know them or not. I see this in the scriptures and I realize that he says, for scripture says to Pharaoh, when did scripture talk to Pharaoh, please? Scripture did not talk to Pharaoh. Moses spoke to Pharaoh. So you are the scripture that will meet the kings. You are the scripture that will encounter the kings and say, for this very purpose, I raised you up. So there are things in this world that are waiting for you to manifest. There are, faith in, there are things in this world that will willingly allow you to superimpose itself. To superimpose yourself. He says, I raised up Pharaoh for this very purpose. Yeah. That I might display my power in you. That I might display my power in who? When did God display his power in Pharaoh? When did that happen? When he sent Moses to Egypt. And every time Pharaoh hardened his heart, it was a display of God's power. So there looks like things that are not allowing us in, right? God is displaying his power. If we haven't entered, it is God's power that is stopping us from entering. It is not Satan. Satan cannot resist nation family anymore. We're too powerful. So do you know from this moment on, do you know what I recognize? That everything that happens in my life is God. It is not, you know, sometimes you used to think maybe the devil is against me. No, Satan doesn't have jurisdiction over a nation family member. It is now actually God working. So you see, sometimes you try to knock down certain doors. Some people want to knock down the door to the million pound realm. If you're not in, it is God holding it back. You know why? Because there is a day where he's going to exert his power. If you look at the interaction between Moses and Pharaoh, you would say, ah, but God, you were sending Pharaoh to, I mean, Moses to Pharaoh. Let my people go. Not once, not twice, three times, not four times, not five times. He sent him. And every time Pharaoh would harden his heart, every time Pharaoh would send Joseph, um, Moses back. But then guess what he did? He, Moses, he would give um, Moses a, a sign and a wonder to rot. So what will never be absent from your life is a sign or a wonder. But when there are, but then what happens is that the signs and the wonders will have would do this that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Verse 18. Therefore, uh -huh. God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy. Yeah. And he hardens whom he wants to harden. Yeah. One of you will say to me, yeah. then why does God still blame us? <laughs> Paul, Paul was preaching to a place where he was jamming himself. One of you would then say to me, why does God blame man? Because how can he blame Pharaoh for what Pharaoh did? But because remember, Pharaoh, he, he handed his heart to the whole Egyptian army, followed Israel across the Red Sea and died in the Red Sea. But if it was God that was in control of it in the first place, how can he blame them or why do they get the result of what they get for what God is organizing. Let me tell you something. Elections. I don't think people have painted the right picture to God to, of God to us. I, I think God is extreme, extremely just. But to the world, and in the earth's perspective, he can look very unjust. Can you walk around with a boldness? And you know what's so scary about this? 
I see the church sometimes. I see how much they idolize unbelievers. And I'm thinking in my mind, you don't even know what God has raised this man for. I see how much we, we look up to, to, to people that are nobody. But I get it. Because they look like a sign. They look like wonders. But if only God can open our eyes to actually see. And I'm not against people in the world, but I'm just saying that there are certain things that I'm beginning to understand about what we were called to. The fact that actually there are certain things that God wants to do with us and it starts with us being able to choose how we bring birth to certain things. Imagine on a Friday night, and I know some of the backgrounds that some of you have come from, even when people are in church, right? Like Friday night is still club night in their mind. They're not going club, you know, but it's still club night in their mind. As in like, the club hasn't left the mind, but the body has left the club. So, guess what they do? They need to find somewhere to dress up and go on Friday night. Because it's still the same man. But now he goes to church. So, and I'm not against going out at all, even though I'm a homeboy. But I'm just saying how it still works. Who is able to resist his will? Go on. But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? This was his exit strategy. Because he got to a place where he couldn't understand God, so he just said, but who are you, all human being, to talk back to God? But you were the one preaching. Look at then what he says. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed uh -huh. it, why did you make me like this? Yeah. Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay uh -huh. some pottery for special purposes yeah. and some for common use. Okay, final scripture. First Timothy chapter 2 and then we'll begin to worship and pray. Oh, we bless you tonight, Jesus. I love this. It says, does the potter not have right to create some for special purposes and some for common use. You know when we pray tonight, I actually want to make, I want you to make a resolve. Everything about my life, what is it going to be? Is it going to be for special purpose or is it going to be for common use? You know, toilet paper is valuable, right? But what they use it for, terrible. But it's still a value. Because you, can you live without toilet paper? But the thing is, even though you cannot live without it, what you use it for is common. But there are special purposes. You know, I can only use like, and this is a very simple example. I'll use some few examples. When you're dining, you're entertaining special guests. There are special cutlery, especially if you live in a trap house. There's cutlery for the people that live at home. And then there's cutlery for your guests. Special purpose. I've seen Pastor Taliba sometimes say, my guy, that's your, that's your cupboard. That's your cupboard. Like that, the common use cupboard is over there. Plastic plate. 
But then there's use, there's special use, special purpose. Then what is another example? There are examples like when you call a man and there's a man where you call and you say, look, now I want you to run for a certain position because you're being used for special purpose. So guess what? If a Donald Trump or even a Joe Biden, there is, they run for a presidency, it is still the party that pushed them forward and say this one will be for special purpose. So you can decide what you are going to be elected for. How do I know this? And this is why I'm going to end tonight because why did God choose Jacob? God had just decided that he was going to be for special purpose. And that is why Jacob was going to remain at home. It is only people for common use that remain in the open field. The man that is at home knows that there is a special purpose. Go for it. In a large house, uh. there are articles not only of gold and silver. Look at this. In a large house, there are articles. Did you see when Nebuchadnezzar invaded Jerusalem? The Bible says that he took articles from the temple. But he said, in this large house, in the nation family, there are vessels, articles of what? Not only of gold and silver, but mm -hmm. also of wood and clay. Okay. Some are for special purposes. Some, some, not all. So when we pray tonight, you will decide what you are. Because it's still some. It says some are for special purposes and what? Some for common use. And some for common use. But they're all in the same house. So inside of the same house, there are different articles. Some for special purpose. Some that God is raising for a very special purpose for nations. And some that will be just for the common use. And then he said what then? Those who cleanse themselves uh -huh. from the latter uh -huh. will be instruments for special purposes. Those who cleanse themselves. So I began to realize that you can choose what you want to be. You don't have to, because sometimes, you know this inferior complex comes up, people say, but what if I'm for common, for common use? You know you ask that self your question when you hear that scripture, right? What if me, I'm from common use? Calm down. He said, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made what made so you don't determine to be holy you are made it so there is a cleansing from the latter that takes place and you know all these five days all i've been really telling you is about yielding yielding to the latter the special purpose from monday to tuesday i've just been speaking about handing yourself over to the special purpose that God has planned. He said, made only useful to what? To the master. So there are people who are in the house, but they're unuseful. They're like paper. You use it, you throw it away. Unfortunately, as you, you can never say, I really love this toilet paper. Or I, I, I really love this tissue paper. You know, there are tissue papers that come like this. You blow your nose. What are you going to do? You're going to throw it away. No matter how soft it is. No matter how soft it is. Oh, this is really soft but you're still going to blow your nose with it. You're still going to use it for whatever is coming. 
and it is still going to end up in the bin. But what, but they said, but God said there is a way to cleanse yourself from that. So, you know what I, you know the most fear of, or my, my, someone said, if you ask me and you wake me up and say, what are you most afraid of in life? That I don't get used for the special purpose that God called me for. That's my only fear. That is my, that is, if there is a fear, that would be it. Because I've now seen the rest of how things work and I realize it's futile. I've seen the height of career. I realize it's nothing. There's nothing at the top of that ladder that you're trying to climb. But there is something in special purpose. So it says made holy, useful to the master. So guess what? There are people who are unuseful to God. There are people who God cannot use. They're not useful to the master and prepared to do what? Any good work. So there is no such thing as I'm called for one assignment. He said that as long as you are made for special purpose, I will be useful and prepared to do any good work. Any good work that there is, I can do. If it's the work of giving, I'm, I'm ready and I'm available. So do you see why I say there's no excuse for the life that sometimes we choose to live? Because he says that we can be prepared, prepared for any good work. Are you ready to pray and worship tonight? So what is it? It is a heart matter. It is a heart matter. A time that we enter into where we begin to say, look, Lord, I cleanse myself from the latter. And one of the other things that you must understand is that there can be a stage that God uses you for. But you also in your own mind can know that, oh, I've hit a cap. That even happens in God's work. They, they will be trying to pray, 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 trying to pray. And you're trying to word yourself. You're doing it, you're doing it. But God just says, look, there's a way. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter. Is there any more of that? We finished that. Go for it. So whoever cleanses himself mm -hmm. from what is ignoble mm -hmm. and unclean, yeah. who separates himself mm -hmm. from contact with contaminating and corrupting influence. Who separates themselves from the open field. Why was Jacob chosen for special purpose? He was at home. Unto the word and the prayer, unto the word and giving is enough. But you know you're going to have to settle it in your own heart. But go and re read on. Will then himself mm. be a vessel set apart uh -huh. and useful for honorable and noble Brilliant. purposes, mm. consecrated and profitable to the master? Look at that. Noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master. Fit and ready for any good work. Are you ready to worship tonight? There's a fitness. There's a way that you that we are designed. There's something that you're called to. But we're going to cleanse ourselves from the latter. I saw what God did in 2016 with the nation family. It was nice. But you know some people, their story can end there, you know. I was a part of the revival of 2016 
to 2019. I was a part of it. Oh my God, how I love Ashburnham. Oh, powerful. Oh my days. How we prayed. Libra doza madalabakatayaba. And Pastor so-and-so, when they were prophesying, and that one, when they were doing this, yes, that's cool. And you were good for that special purpose. For that stage of fellowships and community units, you were good. But you see, now God rises us to the stage of nations, and there's still a cleansing of the latter. So one of the things that I realized is that I will never overrate, and I will never underrate. I will just say, Lord, whatever cleansing I need at any given time to be used for the special purpose that you currently have because unfortunately for you God always have a different purpose per time so what peace I was yesterday is not what peace I'm is today I realized that before I couldn't have word for 31 days because the purpose hadn't reached there yet but now the purpose has reached there so all I do is I open my mouth per time and when I open my mouth but let me ask you are you willing to have finances for 31 days if God asked you to can you do that are you ready to be raised for that kind of purpose he said oh we've never heard that in the church before exactly that's why you've been raised to give can God do it yes he can but can man accept it that's the question we're about to find out Oh, we bless you tonight, Jesus. So everywhere you are tonight, we're just going to, oh, that's true, Jude 20. We're just going to pray in the Holy Ghost for just a few minutes. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. This is our fifth day. And then when we pray in the Holy Ghost, you're just saying, Lord, I'm ready to be a vessel for special purpose. I keep, I'm going to, as for as long as it takes, hone in on financiers. I think that's the revelation that God has just given me right now. He said, yeah, I'm just a prayer guy. That's good. And I'm a prayer, and you guys know I pray. I, I believe in prayer, but right now I think God is calling a new set of financiers. He's calling a new set of people who can believe him for finances birthed in the house. So when we begin to pray tonight, it's not that we're praying for finances. You're just saying, God, I want to be used for that special purpose. Have you got that scripture for me? But you, dear friend, huh? by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. That's right. Keep yourselves mm. in God's love. Yeah. As you wait for yeah. the mercy of so, our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do you say? You're praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy. Why did I, what did I home in on mercy? Election. Mercy is election. So when you see, as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning as you wait for your election, so when you're praying, what are you really doing? You're waiting for your election moment where God will call you from the back and bring you to the front. When Jacob wrestled with the angel, that was an election moment. That night was orchestrated and designed by God so that Jacob can be elected for what God had called him to be for. So why did God love Jacob? Because he elected him. That was the only reason why he loved him. Because Jacob, God had called Jacob as his election. 
So I understood why does God love Sam? Not because Sam does anything right. Not because Sam is a good prayer warrior. Not because Sam sows a seed. No, because God elected him. So when you pray tonight, you're praying to make your election sure. You're praying to keep your election. So there are some of you that finances have come to your heart, right? You want to aid this mission that is called the calling, the election of God. Now, when you pray, you're beginning to make that election flow. Why? Peter said it. Therefore, make your election sure. Are you ready to pray tonight? I want you to lift up your voices and pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are right now. It's time to pray in the Holy Spirit. We're only going to pray in the Holy Ghost for five minutes. But I think it's time for us to pray in the Holy Ghost as much as we can. And just make that election sure. He says, waiting on the mercy of God to bring you to eternal life. You are elected. You are elected for eternity. Look at this, Second Peter chapter 1. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. So God elects men, but some men don't put the surety on it. They don't actually put the guarantee on it. What is the guarantee? The Holy Ghost. They don't do it. They were elected. They were elected, but they didn't make it all the way through to the candidacy, candidacy that God actually raised them for. So ask tonight, ask God to reveal to you what you are elected for. Ask God to reveal to you why he has called you. Sometimes if you miss the election, then it's just common use. You will be in the church, but you'll be one of those average Christians. But I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to end that. And that's why we're doing the 31 days. Because we're basically saying through the word, not through 31 days fasting. I know churches can be doing 90 days of fasting now. And I'm not going to join them in those 90 days of fasting. Our own is just word. Word. And more word. We're being diligent. How are we diligent? We're at home cooking in the word. How did Jacob take the birthright of Esau? He was at home cooking. 